We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. Hey, it's Flo, and this is my impression of a play-by-play announcer who loves to save money. And here at Progressive, it's discounts all day. The customer's a safe driver and nails it with a discount. Signed up for paperless billing, and it's a discount from downtown. Insuring multiple vehicles, and kablam, shakalaka, fadeaway, cross-court, coast-to-coast, discount mania! Whew, should we go to commercial? Wait, this is a commercial. With all kinds of discounts, Progressive helps you save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Discounts not available in all states or situations. had to evacuate one side of the room because there's this poisonous looking spider oh and, crap and that's usually where i tape the podcast i i put it up on a nice standing desk type area but i think it actually is home to a spider so i moved across the room let me see if i can get my mic <laughs> <laughs>
Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. We're talking MLS again. My name is Andrew Laird, Senior Soccer Editor of Rotowire.com. Joined once again, as usual, by J.D. Bazo and Skylar Redpath. Um, we're going to go through all of the games from this weekend. We're back to a full slate, guys, so thankfully we don't have to try to find a bunch of values out of five games. We get a full ten. We're going to jump right in, uh, or else Clint Dempsey might come and rip something out of our hands. But uh, Friday is Dallas at Colorado, which um, I feel like Dallas, I don't want to say they're untouchable, but in terms of not picking them, because boy, have they been bad recently. But JD, what what are your thoughts on this Dallas attack? Because we, we have seen what they can do, but they're not doing it right now. So do you think they bounce back on Friday? I think that they do, but I'm I'm cautious with them because they have only scored three goals in six games, and they've also, this will be their third game in seven days. They played a U.S. Open Cup match last night, and they're going to play uh, in the high altitude in Colorado, so I can't say that they're going to be the liveliest, but they do have the band back together. Um, I think Perez, uh, Tesho Akindele are both going to be back and available, and... Um, Castillo's been getting some action again uh, after the two games he missed. So um, they're definitely intriguing. I don't know that I would lean on them heavily, but I think I'll have a lot of uh, Castillo at just $8,500. That's the cheapest he's been in quite some time. Skyler, are you buying on Dallas? Uh, I'm not high on Dallas this week. Um, like JD said, they're they're probably gonna be a little fatigued. They do have all their players back, like most teams will, this weekend from international actions. So, I don't know. I actually like Colorado this week um, at home against Dallas. On uh, you know, Colorado hasn't had quite a a busy schedule as Dallas has. So, could see uh, could see a, a big game from the Rapids. As crazy as that sounds, would you be comfortable with the defensive options for Colorado? Ahead of uh, of some other picks this week. Um, if you're playing, yeah, if you're playing that Friday Saturday slate, then I think Harrington and um, James Riley, I think, are a couple of guys that are worth a look. Um, I don't know though. Ahead of other options, I might <laughs> stay away. I mean, FC Dallas still has a pretty potent attack, so I'm not counting on a on a rapid shutout. But I think I could see them. Uh, pulling off like a 2-1 or 3-1 win. So. Wow. <clears throat> yeah, I don't want to say that Colorado's been great. Um, looking just at this uh, form table over the last six games, they've, so they've combined for two wins in their last 12, meaning Colorado <laughs> and Dallas. So it's not exactly, you know, it's one. I don't think it's a one-sided, and it's two sides that are pretty much really struggling. But Yeah, it's um, totally a gut feel for me. I mean, it's it's the uh, the week off that Colorado had. You you'd think that they would prepare, you know, set their sights on this game and have that additional time to, to focus on preparing for this match. So maybe they come out strong and, and turn some things around. What's going on with uh, Kevin Doyle? I mean, he sat out last game, but is he anybody know if he's going to be playing tomorrow night? I haven't seen any injury. It's it's Doyle and Selignac. I feel like we're still waiting on both of them to to really do something to warrant more attention, but I just haven't seen it yet. Well, uh, the one thing I think we can look at in this game is Christian Namath a couple weeks ago just torched Dallas's uh, center defense. He was he's very shifty and elusive, and um, I think that 
Selenyak could be a similar type of play if Dallas hasn't shored up their defense. Um, he just seems to be a really smart player, and he seems like he can uh, find the open spaces in the in the offense. So I think if you're looking for a forward, he's the guy rather than Doyle or Gabriel Torres. Um, and just quickly on Colorado's defense, I think you they're not really much better than playing anybody unless they get a shutout. So I'd probably be looking at other options as well. Okay. Uh, moving on to Saturday, the first game is San Jose at Seattle, which allows us to jump right into this Clint Dempsey conversation. Um, for those of you who are unaware, which is pretty impressive that you've gone this long without it, Dempsey went a little nutty in, was that Tuesday or Wednesday? I'm taping this on a Thursday, whichever day it was, in a U.S. Open match against Portland. Uh, yeah. Seattle finished the game down to seven men thanks to three red cards and an injury we'll get to the injury momentarily but Dempsey was tossed and then took the referees was it his notebook mm -hmm. tore it up and then stormed off the field he also had one of those great um, you know clapping his hands in the face of the fourth the linesman I believe on his way out uh, he seems to be headed for a pretty significant punishment we just have no idea where that punishment is coming from so we're taping this on a Thursday night. There's talk that there's, there'll be an announcement of some kind of punishment before the weekend, and before the weekend usually means Friday. So uh, there's been talk that MLS basically has no jurisdiction over the U.S. Open Cup, which is really just kind of a U.S. soccer um, tournament. So I was actually... Um, part of a number of conversations just throughout the week about whether he could miss the Gold Cup and whether they strip him of his captain's captain's captaincy. I feel like I'm adding a <laughs> syllable there. Captaincy. <laughs> He's gonna thank you, thank you. He's gonna lose his his armband, and so if there is an MLS punishment, theoretically it would start immediately, which would mean he would be out for this one. The injury that we were that I referred to was to Obafemi Martins who picked up a groin injury. I'm not sure he's been officially ruled out, but it doesn't sound promising. Chad Barrett's still dealing with a hamstring injury. So, Skyler, how do you attack this? Or who do you, do you use anyone in the, in the attack if uh, uh, Dempsey and Martins and, and Barrett are out? Yeah, I'm definitely still... I'd be really surprised if Dempsey's suspended this weekend. Um, okay. I mean, as, as silly as a of a a red card as it was, it was it was ridiculous for sure. But um, you know, you got to look back to this is this was the U.S. Open Cup, which is MLS is not affiliated with it at all. It's a U.S. Soccer Federation tournament. So yeah, there's MLS teams in it, but it's basically just open to any professional or amateur team in the United States. It's basically like the the tournament for men's league teams to dream of winning one day but mls teams are starting to take it a lot more serious so they're they're taking it down pretty much every year now um but back to the uh dempsey play i mean yeah i think he's probably gonna be he'll probably be suspended for the the open cup for the next year maybe a year or two ban but i think he's probably gonna be fine for this weekend hopefully we'll find out tomorrow um just for a comparison, Quatamac Blanco from Chicago Fire headbutted an assistant referee. This was many years ago, maybe a few years ago, but 
Um, he was only fined, I think, by MLS. And uh, which is nuts. Yeah, he, yeah. I mean, he was fined by Major League Soccer, but he didn't get suspended. So he was back in action. I think the next, the same weekend. So I'd say if you're looking at that comparing apples to apples, I think you're probably going to see the same thing happen with Deuce. And uh, fantasy purposes, I mean, I'm not going to factor that in. I think it might actually fire him up. If anything, it might he could come out on fire and just go nuts on the field instead of on the referee. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm still focusing on Deuce. If, if he, he is out, then you're looking at Nagel for sure, Papa. Um, those two guys are at the top of my top of my rankings. So I don't know. What do you think, JD? Are you uh, giving Deuce the benefit of the doubt, or are you just staying away from him completely based off of the the boneheadedness of him? Uh, I'm I'm leaning towards he's going to be fired up, and I want him on my team. Um, yeah. I don't I don't necessarily think I'll be going out of my way any more than I usually do to target him. I think Seattle's pretty much just a, uh, we're going to approach them, I'm going to approach them the same as I do every week. I don't think this really changes too much. They're going to want to come out and put on a better showing after kind of an embarrassing midweek match against Portland there where they lost in the U.S. Open Cup. But San Jose is, is a good team, and they have a good defense. So, yeah, I, don't, I think it's pretty much business as usual with Seattle. We're going to want to see if Tomas gets the start, uh, your boy. and Yeah, didn't quite yeah. show up last weekend. Not quite. Got I a nice see... nutmeg uh, yeah. highlight. Yeah, right. if we could get fantasy points for a nutmeg, that would have helped. <laughs> but uh, other than that, he was quiet on the fantasy front. But, Not to yeah. be confused with the DraftKings $5,000 nutmeg or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I... Uh, um, U.S. Open Cup-wise, uh, the matches last night were phenomenal. I think there were two penalty shootouts, including the NYCFC and New York Cosmos. Mm-hmm. Um, my Pittsburgh Riverhounds took D.C. United to extra time before uh, getting scored on a couple times. But, yeah, there was a lot of, a lot of good games, and it's, it's getting pretty exciting. I, they're in the round of 16 now coming up, so... I'm just wondering. Yeah, I'm just wondering when Mondo Goal is gonna hop on the U.S. Open Cup train. <laughs> I'd, I'd play that so fast. Cup. If they do it, we'll have a special podcast. Yeah, we sure yes. will. That would be just getting the rosters in would be quite a <laughs> quite a uh, a task. I checked in on the. I think I was on Twitter last night and I saw somebody from FC Dallas was or like, is that two nights ago that they played? Somebody was putting a little bit of it on Periscope and I click through and it looked like they were playing in a not even that big of a high school field. <laughs> um, in fact, I believe our DJ trainer who does our fit or miss column was saying that he was pretty sure his high school had a bigger soccer stadium than what Dallas was playing in. But that's the beauty of it. I, for our Premier League followers, I, it's essentially the equivalent of the FA Cup that you know everyone gets to play and everyone at some point gets to get smashed by a top-level team. And every so often there's a Cinderella, but it doesn't happen so it's kind much of, anymore. It's kind of like the Women's World Cup then. Same uh, yeah. small, small and large stadiums and teams getting uh, annihilated. Exactly. Exactly like it. Um, all right, so let's jump to the next game. I have Vancouver at the Red Bulls, who have been absolutely horrible of late. They have six goals in their last six games, which is interesting when because I feel like we 
constantly talk about uh, Bradley Wright Phillips as one of kind of the, the elite goal scorers of this in the league, despite uh, Thierry Henry no longer being there. But I feel like they've had such an up and such a down this year. Uh, Lloyd Sam picked up two injuries during the U.S. Open Cup match this week. So I'm, it sounds like he's pretty doubtful, which only hurts the Red Bulls a little more. One thing that will help them is the return of uh, Matt Miazga, who I think was at the under-20 World Cup. Yep. And so he's back. We're kind of, I think we're almost done with all of the international duty stuff. So all the under-20 guys are, are definitely back. And I think there are a few guys here and there who were gone, but a majority of them are, are back. So they were a much different team with him in the back. They were much better. And so, um, J.D., do you think they're good enough to target as as defensive option against Vancouver, who's making the, the cross-country trip, or do you stay away? Uh, defensively, I think I'm still staying away. I, I respect Vancouver's attack um, a little bit too much, but it's it's really hard to overstate the importance of, uh, of a team's defense uh, and how that affects their offense um, in terms of daily fantasy. You look at Dallas, when their defense has been struggling lately, their offense really has to kind of overcompensate, and they kind of get stuck in between where they're trying to help out defensively because the team's been poor, and then they're not succeeding as much offensively. Uh, that You saw the same thing with Toronto FC earlier this season, and you really see it a lot with the Red Bulls, I think, lately. So if Miazga can even partially shore up that back line, um, I'm going to still be buying into the New York Red Bull attack. Bradley Wright Phillips is another player that's um, been given a pretty significant discount. He's down to $9,300, and I still do think he's one of the best goal scorers in MLS. Um, so I think at home, that's definitely uh, one of the better options to consider this week. Skyler, you agree? Yeah, I think BWP is definitely one of the top forward options, and uh, price-wise, I'd say him and Keen are probably two that are, are priced very reasonably to where you can can uh, work some pretty killer lineups. So, um, yeah, I'm targeting him. Any other Red Bulls? Yeah, I would have definitely had Sam going this week, but he went down midweek, so no Sam for me. Do you replace um, him with Felipe Martins, or you just didn't? Or yeah, I was just non- about to say, I think Felipe Martins at 6,400, he's... Uh, he's always in consideration for me, um, usually just because he's so consistent. I mean, he's hitting all all the time, hitting it right around 10 points. So, um, yeah, he's an option. If I'll, you know, He's one of those guys that I'll probably get right down to that last uh, player or two and try, be trying to determine which guy I'm going to slide in. And he's usually the one that ends up, usually him or Papa, end up being my last plays just because I can slide them in. I know that they're going to get me a consistent 8, 9, 10 points, possibly 20. So um, one other guy that that you guys need to keep an eye on is Dane Richards with uh, Lloyd Sam being out. I could see Richards getting the start for Sam. He's almost a poor man's Lloyd Sam. He actually had a pretty good run in MLS uh, a couple years ago. He scored some good goals and provided some assists here and there he's had a really quiet season this year so i don't think anybody is really going to be on him but um keep an eye on the starting line under uh, then he's definitely worth um you know worth considering okay 
I like that. Always nice to get a nice uh, guy that nobody's looking at. The next game I'm going to is New York City FC at Toronto. And there are a lot of questionable names on our fit or miss this week, but it, it doesn't seem like anybody is really going to be out. The top two options, I think, from this game are obviously David Villa and Sebastian Giovinco. I think anybody's kind of foolish to go to try to build a, a winning lineup without Giovinco at this point. Um, but I'm kind of curious who you guys think are the third and fourth top picks here. If they're, or really if it's Michael Bradley and possibly Josie, or if there's somebody else. JD, do you have a, a New York City FC person in the top four from this game? Uh, in the top four, is in we have Javinko, we have Bradley, and we have David Villa. Right. So who's next? Next, I think, would have to be Poku or mm-hmm. McNamara, whichever one uh, gets into the starting lineup. Hopefully it's one of the two. Um, they're 4,700 and 4,200, and both of them have looked really good. Uh, Poku had two goals, I believe, last night against the Cosmos. Sure did. Things just keep coming out about how much Christ, uh, Jason Christ, the manager for NYCFC, just loves uh, the way he plays the game, how excited he is about him. And I just wonder why we haven't seen him get on the field in a starting role sooner. Uh, his, his talent's pretty obvious. And granted, it's a little bit raw, but it's exactly the kind of excitement and energy that NYCFC need. Um, and McNamara is, is probably more refined, but maybe not quite as electric. So um, they make for an amazing value play in the midfield, probably preferable to Dane Richards, who the Red Bull fans sometimes cringe when he gets on the field. But <laughs> still, it's still a good shout from Skyler. <laughs> Do you, not, you don't think Mix is in that discussion? He's he's still just too expensive for me. I know he's grabbing the goals, but I'll let everyone else jump on that train and get two points. <laughs> Skyler, I th- I was under the impression that you had Poku in a Mondo goal lineup last week, which I may have been mistaken on. But um, who's your fourth in this game? Yeah, no, on the uh, Mondo goal thing, real quick. I, that's. I don't know. I mean, I was seeing things when he sent me that lineup because it had my name at the top of the team. But I did not pick Poku. I might have picked him on a dummy lineup and then went back and edited it. But maybe somehow on your end you were still seeing my dummy lineup. That's the only thing I could could gather from it. But I was confused when you sent me the the tweet saying, good call on Poku. You should have owned it. No, yeah, I told him. I said, did I mumble something that sounded like Poku on the podcast? (laughs) (laughs) But uh, Maybe maybe your kids set the lineups now that you're you're tasking them with that duty. That's right. That's right. Um, but no, I'd say for me, I, I don't know. I, yeah, as good as Poku's been playing, it's hard for me to take them at Toronto. Um, they're so good at home. It just, it's, it feels like every game that they play at home is like a one nil, 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 two, two nil, two, one low scoring affair. So for me, I mean, for me, if you're talking about maybe the fourth best player, I might even say Chris Kanopka, the, the Toronto FC goalkeeper. Ooh, yeah, I switched my vote. That's a good one. <laughs> He's put up a pretty a few pretty good performances lately. He has in New York City FC, certainly with David Villar, don't aren't gun-shy when it comes to shots. So you yes. figure he's got plenty of saves to make in that one. And they, they just played an emotional 120 minutes plus penalty shootout against the Cosmos and lost. So... 
Um, this game's not that. I mean, it's in the near future after that, so Toronto is probably better rested and um, ready for this game at home. Yeah, I'll give that. We should also note that Poku and Disgaru both scored last week off the bench, so, you know, guys are just different in those roles. You know, you have a little more energy for when you come in, so I, I don't always use a guy's goal off the bench as a springboard to, you know, if he starts, then he'll obviously score. It's just uh, it's a very different mentality when you when you come off the bench. And, you know, Poku's been doing it for most of the season. Being somebody who watches more New York City FC games than in basically anything else, he the clear one also is um, Kiri Shelton, who's much better as a sub. He just, you know, he's, he's excellent in spurts, but he's not going to give anybody enough for 90 minutes to warrant a starting job. So I kind of wonder if Poku is in that range, although... He looks like a beast. <laughs> I'll say that much. Yeah. Um, no, I think there's something to be said about guys that come off the bench because you got to think they're sitting there, you know, 60 minutes, 70 minutes, just watching the whole game, trying to digest it and trying to figure out a way how they, when they step on the field, how they're going to break a team down. So I think it speaks of a pretty high volume for, for some of these guys, just uh, soccer knowledge and, and soccer know-how in general to kind of, break a game down, break a team down, and then step on the field and, and do work. When you see it um, time after time, it, it you know pretty much speaks for the player. Yeah, I had uh, Discarude in every one of my Mondo goal lineups last week, and when I saw the lineups come out, I had to <laughs> make that furious change, and I actually missed one, and I was just furious about it, and then he actually came in and scored, which... I'm, I couldn't even tell if that made me feel better or not. <laughs> um, but the guy I basically replaced him with was uh, Diego Fagundes, who at least paid okay. off. So it wasn't like a terrible one. But I just <laughs> I saw Mick's score, and I was like, come on, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, so. it was a good call. I saw you pushing the uh, the top of the GPP on Mondo goal Saturday night. So you had a good little run. Lairdinho had a nice <laughs> run. Yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, it's been a while. You know, I almost tweeted at you um, – just kind of tongue-in-cheek about you loving uh, Nagel and Mixed Discrude this week. I was going to say, I see why you let me write the DraftKings columns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, that was, those were both good ones. Yeah, they sometimes, you know, what they say, blind nuts finds a squirrel every so often. So <laughs> I that's just, all I'm, it was. Yeah, I'm glad I forgot to tweet it. <laughs> uh, all right, moving on. I've got Orlando at Montreal, and it's the same conversation again. Are you guys willing to pay eleven thousand four hundred bucks for Kaká? He scored now in uh, I think it's a thousand straight games, and they've all been penalties. But um, Skyler, do you are you building Kaká into a lineup? Um, probably not at that price. But um, by the way, that was his last goal was actually a, a rebound from a yes, penalty, which so. is right. <laughs> I that that an open play goal? Yeah, I tweeted that. <laughs> I saw that it happened, and I saw him line up, and then I saw that they scored. I didn't see like actually what happened, and I tweeted that he still hasn't had an open goal, an open play goal since I think it was April twenty eighth or something. It was the second game of the season, and then yeah. I saw the replay, and I was like, "Crap! Now I got to change it." <laughs> but like, come on, he basically. I mean, as an open play goal. Yeah. Such. So so if those are the open play goals that I have to depend on, then absolutely not paying 11-4. Yeah. Um, 
I don't think I'm going to be playing, paying that much for him this week, just with some of the other midfield options on the board. Um, one of them being Piotti, who's a good 4000 cheaper than mm-hmm. him. And he also takes penalty kicks. So at home, I definitely like Montreal a lot better than any Orlando options. Um, I like Jack McInerney. I actually like Damo Duro as a value play. Um, could be a, a sneaky, cheap forward play to, to fit in some of your higher price forwards, or it could be a, a good flex play. I think he's hovering around 5000 Um He just came back from injury, and right before he was injured, he was pushing the envelope. He was getting pretty close on, on you know, scoring a few goals. and He was one of the biggest reasons they had success in the CONCACAF Champions League. Even yeah. when he didn't score, he was just really opening up the other team. Yeah, I mean, he's arguably the fastest player in the league. He's so fast, and he's going to get in behind um, anytime he's on the field. So he's going to get chances. Sometimes for him, it's just a matter of what he does with those chances. But uh, at that price, he's definitely worth looking at. Hmm. Is- Go ahead, Andrew. There was a guy I wanted to ask about last week, and I... I blew right past him in my notes, and since then his price has gone up by 800 bucks. is uh, Andres Romero, who has had some decent games and some horrible games. He's at 6500 right now, so, J.D., I was going to ask you anyway, what do you think about Andres Romero? Um, yeah, he's a quality player, but he's not one that I really rely on too much in yeah. fantasy soccer. Um he, he is definitely capable of getting on the score sheet, uh, whether it's an assist or a goal, but it's just not something that's happened consistently over his career, and I just try to look for, for a little bit more um, upside with my, or consistent upside, rather, with my daily fantasy picks. So he's not on my radar, and as a matter of fact, most of Montreal uh, offensively is not on my radar this week. I think McInerney is a bad matchup for Orlando's defense, um, and Orlando plays well on the road. They're one of the better teams, um, at least from what I've seen on the road this season. So, yeah, Piotti is really the only person I'm looking at a whole lot from Montreal, but I think Orlando is intriguing. Montreal has been allowing shots from opposing players at such a high rate. Um, if you look back, you can always find a daily fantasy player that got... Uh, five or six shots against Montreal every single game. And I would say Pedro Ribeiro at 4,300, who's probably going to play it forward, um, is eligible as a midfielder. Uh, I love that play. And if Kyle Lahren is back, maybe instead of Pedro Ribeiro, Kyle Lahren has been awesome in international play. Yeah, he has. And he was playing really well before he left, too. So... Um, I like whoever starts out of those two a lot. JD, are you concerned about the the Open Cup taking a toll on Orlando? They went to PKs last night as well. Yeah, a little bit, but um, I don't know. I just I just think um, Orlando's they're, they're warriors uh, wherever they go, however they play. I haven't really seen them come out flat too often this season. So yeah, yeah, I'm, they've been playing a lot better lately. Yeah, I think they do a lot of the little things right, and they're not really um, super impressive on the score sheet. They're not really getting too many amazing chances offensively, but I think they still have a lot of potential as a team, uh, even though Andrew does hate Kaká. 
Uh, he's the worst I, player I think, in Major League Soccer. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he I could feel. be a sneaky play as much, you know, being priced so high. I think a lot of people are going to be staying away from him. So if this yep. game turns into a, a goal fest, you know, it could end up three two Montreal or something, and Kakad could have you know a goal and an assist or. Right. He could be a sneaky play just based on his price. And I don't think that salary is too much of a concern this week because we've already mentioned probably a half dozen uh, value plays that are under $4,500. Yeah. Yeah, if you feel good about Kaká, you can definitely squeeze him into the, to your lineup. Um, it's just a matter of, for me, I'm, I'm leaning more towards Montreal taking this one down. I, I do think Orlando's so... They're pretty short-handed as it is, so I don't know if it's for me. Yeah. I, I'm not gonna probably not gonna load up on them, but yeah, I mean they have been playing well lately. They've got some good options. So, right, quick question: Did Kaká play last night? I uh, don't think he did. Okay, yeah, then I mean it's it's not a terrible play. It's probably still not one that I'm gonna make, but you're right. It could be a good kind of pay up for the differential. That's a strategy I love. It's such a drastic price difference too if you look at just the midfielders on DraftKings for Saturday it's Kakad 11-4 and then Brad Davis is next at 8600 like <laughs> usually you'll see like a, if there's an 11-4 you know looking at the forwards there are four guys who are over or at least 10,000 and then there are another four that are over, at least 9,000 and you literally have wow. yeah a $2,800 drop <laughs> from one to two for the midfielders so Whoever came up with this DraftKings midfield pricing, Skylar, you can even pass this on if you want. But Kaká at eleven four, and then Brad Davis and Ishizaki are the next two. I'm pretty sure they're on bath salts. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I have no uh, no say in the pricing. So I've never even talked to anybody about the pricing, but I will pass it on. I also assume you mean whoever at DraftKings is on bath salts and not Brad Davis and. Steve is still in Ishizaki. So. Well, with those double wristbands, Ishizaki. <laughs> Who knows what's in those things? <laughs> uh, all right, moving on. Philadelphia at L.A. One of the guys that I feel like I've, we've been itching to talk about and it's just not happening because he's either hurt or he's away is Robbie Keane, who had a hat trick last night in... 70 minutes in a U.S. Open Cup game against somebody named PSA Elite, which sounds like a classic <laughs> AAU club team. But Robbie Keane, because he's been away, I'm going to assume it's because of that. His price has dropped considerably that he's now the seventh highest ranked or highest priced forward this week, which I'm not saying that the guys ahead of him shouldn't be up there, but I feel like you've got to be crazy to pass on Robbie Keane playing at home against Philly at $9,200. Skyler, I'm assuming you agree. I do agree. For me, this is equivalent to the David Villa play last week. It's almost a no-brainer. Um, he's back. He scored, like you said, he scored a hat-trick. Uh, granted, it was against PSA Elite. But for him, I mean, that, that gives him that confidence. You know, he's back scoring goals. He's healthy again. Um, LA is going to be riding him this game against Philadelphia. So yeah, 9,200, especially compared to some of the other Ford options. And Robbie Keane's pretty much a must-play, as you said. Ooh, that, those are some really strong words, considering there's a lot of good forward options. But yeah, I agree. He's one of the better value plays for the money. 
Um, he's not going to be in all my lineups because you have to look at Javinko and Clint Dempsey. Um, and we already talked that Bradley Wright Phillips could be a, a decent option. Um, you know, Will Bruin's only $400 cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> That's your Fab- boy. <laughs> Fabian Castillo's 8500 which I think is um, another play you really have to consider. So, yeah, he's definitely in the mix as one of the, the better options. But I don't know that I'd call him a must-play. Maybe I'm just holding you to the definition of that word pretty closely, I guess. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just I wrote him up in my MLSsoccer.com Monday morning center back piece. I actually called a hat trick from him. I said it was going to be against Philadelphia, <laughs> but it came midweek in U.S. Open Cup. So <laughs> that's, I can't uh, give myself too much credit there. But I'll take it. And I think that, you know, I just I feel like for Keen, that's all he needs is that little that little boost. And yeah, he's. I mean, it's been a, a rough year for him. He's had a lot of injuries. Or he's dealt with injury. He's had some international call-ups, and just hasn't gotten it going. But I mean, he's the type of guy that he scores a goal, and next thing you know, he's got three. So he could yeah. be in a, in a GPP. Could be the the de- deciding factor. If you don't have him in your team, then um, you know you're not going to win any money. But MLS is is definitely not nearly as fun when Robbie Keane is not firing on all cylinders. For sure. He's, yeah. I mean, MLS has been a lot of fun this year with a lot of great new players, but I, I miss Robbie Keane scoring goals every week. Yeah, I think we all do. And I, in that article that I was talking about, I threw out a tweet that uh, somebody from ESPN, I think it was maybe Peter Carr, he said that there's been that this has been the first year that there's been no hat tricks in MLS. I saw that one, yeah. 2003. So that's a pretty crazy stat. I mean, a hat trick in, in daily fantasy would pretty much guarantee you that you're in the money. So it's it's pretty crazy that that hasn't gone down yet. And who knows? Maybe it'll be this weekend. Is there anybody from Philly that you'd consider playing, JD? I keep looking at Christian Maidana. Because I feel like you're automatically buying yourself 10 points, but I'm not sure if this is the weekend you can do it. <laughs> uh, I definitely agree um, with both of those sentiments. He's kind of consider- he's in consideration for me, but I don't love it. Um, I don't necessarily think that L.A. has a, a fantastic midfield that's going to stop him, but they do have a great defense. So um, you might be looking at around... 8 to 12 points, and I'm not sure that there's a, a super high ceiling above that. So um, I'm noticing that Nagara is only $4,400, and he's strictly a GPP option, kind of a, a differential play, but other than that, there's not too much. Um, so Sepong and Aristigieta, Lito, yeah, stay away. Well, I definitely am not playing Sebastian Latou. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> he's never on my radar. Um, but Sapong and Aristigate, if one of them starts at another kind of flex play, if you're feeling a little bold, um, that Aristigate just keeps falling in price. And I still think he's a really good finisher. I just I want to see him get out there healthy for once. Yes, uh, Sapong had a $900 increase from last week. He's now at 5800 which is actually 100 bucks more than Aristigieta. Uh, Skyler, do you like anyone from Philly? Um, I do like 
Latou a little bit more than, than J.D. gives him credit for. He's had a couple of good performances here recently. But, again, on this slate, you know, considering forward, he is listed as a forward. So, probably not going to have him in any of my lineups. But, uh, yeah, Sapong's an option. I mean, he's, he's what, 5,800, I think? Yep. Yeah, he's 5,800. Uh, still, I mean, it's such going into LA on the road, such a tough matchup for Philadelphia. I just I don't like any of their players. Um, <laughs> uh, one of my followers on Twitter, Robert Skahan, actually was asking me about Philly's defenders, which aren't a bad play. You know, he's I think he was referring to Shannon Williams and Fabinho, who have been doing well lately. I mean, they're good, usually good for a handful of crosses, but. I think the majority of, of what their points have come from as of late have been, you know, they've been on a good run at home. They've gotten a couple of shutouts. Yeah, they have. Um, you know, Williams has picked up an assist here and there. But, again, at L.A., I just I don't like Philadelphia. Who knows? Maybe they'll surprise me. But I'm probably going to stay away from, from even their defenders uh, this slate as well. I was actually going to mention Silvestri as a – or Sylvester as maybe an interesting GPP play because it's not like L.A. has had a a world-beating attack lately. They've had a lot of disappointing offensive games, and even though they're getting a lot of um, their players back and healthy, maybe it it takes a while for them to start putting up uh, a lot of big scores in MLS. So I think I'm not going to do it, but if you did, I'd, (laughs) I'd probably clap for you and I don't know. Say that was a bold move. Yeah, definitely a GPP roll of the dice. There's far worse plays though. For yeah, sure. the Sylvester play at that at that price is definitely um, worth looking at if you feel like he's going to pick up some saves. I mean, for me, I'm obviously targeting Robbie Keane to to be firing on all cylinders, peppering him with shots. So. Maybe he saves five or six shots of his and, and picks up a pretty decent day, even if he does get up a, a hat trick. <laughs> the hat trick, probably not. <laughs> I'm not sure you can <laughs> recover from the hat trick, but he, if he does he make seven get, saves and gives up one, I mean, that's a that turns out to be a pretty big uh, payday. He did give up three goals to Vancouver and then made seven saves. I think yeah. he got eight, eight points that match. Oh, so. That's pretty good for giving up three goals, too. Not terrible. Yeah. I'm going to move on, because I think we've exhausted Philadelphia at this point, <laughs> to Houston and Portland, which I'm going to start right at Will Bruin, because why would we talk about anybody else first? But, Skyler, I'll go to you, since you're a little nicer to Will Bruin. Do you like him at 8,800? or Well, let me rephrase. Do you like him at 8,800, or do you like Giles Barnes at 9,000 more? I'm probably giving Giles Barnes the benefit of the doubt here just based on his all-around game. Um, I do like Will Bruin. He's been playing well this season. He's scored some good goals, but I'm probably not going to be putting him in any of my lineups this weekend. Um, Barnes, he's able to uh, break loose for shots a little bit easier than Bruin is. Bruin's more of a just bang him up you know, swing balls into the big guy, hope he gets his head on it type forward. I mean, he's a good target forward for sure. But Barnes is a little bit more active um, as far as crossing the ball in 
um, the speed to break free and, and get some shots on goal, all of which, of course, translates into more DraftKings points, whether or not he scores or not. So I like Barnes more. And back, again, back to the, the pricing thing, when you think that Robbie Keane and Bradley Wright Phillips are just minimally priced above Will Bruin, then he's just he's not even an option this weekend for me. We've gone through all of this, and now I'm thinking that Barnes is still out. Is that possible? Is he still at Copa America? I'm I'm not sure. Hmm. I think he might be. Now that I now that we've gone through that whole discussion. Our our great fitter miss call oh, okay. says that he's out. Oh well, there you go. My apologies for even bringing it up. Well, I think that's good for our listeners because that way they're not <laughs> tempted to take Giles Barnes because. As Skyler said, you only have to pay two or three hundred more for a, a much better player. And Portland's defense is is extremely good. Portland's on a real hot streak. Um, they're at home, so I think eight eight times out of ten, if you just completely fade Port or Houston this weekend, you're going to be um, doing yourself a, a big favor. I should have asked you that question, JD, because this was the one time that you would choose Will Bruin over Giles Barnes. But um, I'll give you I'll give you a better one here. <clears throat> Sixty eight hundred bucks for Diego Valeri, who returned in this U.S. Open Cup match this week, and I believe he scored, if I yep. remember correctly. It was kind of a awkward karate kick. It looked like, but that's uh, mixed discrude special. That's exactly well. Maybe Mix got it from Valeri, but <laughs> do you have Valeri in every single one of your lineups because he's at sixty eight hundred? I don't think every single one. The fact that he's kind of coming back from injury and he just played last night isn't um, super attractive to me, but I do love the fact that he's back. He's fairly affordable, so he'll be in some of my lineups, definitely. Um, just maybe not all of them. And so, Finet, yeah, was... Fernando, Fernando Adi at 7,700 is pretty attractive, though. He had two goals as a sub against Houston just a few weeks ago. So why do you like Adi more than Aruti? Well, Adi just presents so many more opportunities to score to me if he starts. The yeah. the only reason Arudi's been doing better than Adi is that he's been getting more playing time, in my opinion. Um, you know, Adi is a solid finisher, um, and he's just such a big physical presence. I like the fact that he can get the crosses, headed in. You're never going to see Arudi score a headed goal, um, maybe more often than once in a blue moon. So, I... Rudy's good, but he's kind of a player that I'm never going to consider at 6400 because I'll either go cheaper or I'll go for a more expensive option. Meanwhile, I really like Audi as kind of the, the differential you kind of pay up for in your flex spot. Yeah, Rudy was around the 5000 range for a little bit. Right, which... that was that was a lot better. And maybe on a different slate I would I would consider him, but not this time. Mm-hmm. And Skyler, who do you like from Portland? You uh, fall definitely. for Darlington Nagby? No, probably not. <laughs> of course, uh, last week you asked me the same thing about Lamar Nagel, and look what he did. He yeah. went off. So who knows? Maybe maybe that's the uh, the indicator right there. I need to put put Nagby in my team. <laughs> but I'll be I'll definitely be pretty heavy on Valeri, um, either in my mid in as a midfielder or stick him in that flex spot. This is that's one of the um, late games on Saturday night. Yeah. So. If you put him in that flex spot, then you've got a little bit of wiggle room to pivot off of him in case, for whatever reason, he doesn't um, start the game. 
I do think he's going to start. And at 6,400 for me, then that's he's way underpriced. Um, Will Johnson's still underpriced for me. I mean, he's not been fantasy relevant. He's really been a disappointment. But he's still the type of player that could bust out a, um, you know, he's probably got 15 to 20 point upside. And he's still hovering right around 3,000 to 3,500, somewhere in there. Um, as far as their forwards, and I, I probably lean towards Rudy a little bit more. But like JD said, I'm probably not going to be playing um, Portland forwards based off of the, the slate that we've got. If anything, I'm going to put a Portland guy in my flex spot. And with Valeri being the same price as Rudy, Valeri's got a little bit more upside. So he's probably going to be the guy that I'm, I'm targeting more than anybody. Yeah, I don't think we're going to have to choose between Adi and Arudi because it's very unlikely that both of them are going to start. So, right. Yeah, it's uh, usually yeah. one or the other. Yeah, I don't think uh, our listeners have to worry about that at all. <laughs> yeah, and that's another reason that I pretty much just stay away from them because you can't really plan a fantasy lineup around those two guys as a forward. When, when they're... Yeah, when they're that late in the slate. Yeah, that late in the slate, and you're just it's it's a question mark throughout the day. So why not just stick a guy in that you feel a little bit more comfortable in, and just roll with that instead of having to wait it out and see what happens. Yep, and then you then you get to watch Robbie Keane at the same time frame instead, which is going to be much more exciting. <laughs> there you go. All right, that's the last game of the Saturday slate, Friday Saturday. If we for those listeners who are playing that one so we're going to jump into sunday which is a kind of an interesting um two games i'm looking at the DraftKings uh Skoltner, uh list right here and of the top um five players in terms of price uh, two of them are midfielders and three of them are forwards and if you look at the friday saturday slate the top uh, 11 of the top 12 are forwards. So you get a little more um, in terms of higher upside or higher priced at least. You have a little more uh, position diversification on Sunday. But Fabian Espindola is, uh, is at 9,500. He's the most expensive option, and he's the only one over 9,000. Uh, Charlie Davies is next, who um, clearly was offended by what we've been saying about him recently with a huge game last week. But... Um, Espindola seems like a pretty easy play on the flip side of that first game. That's the first one is New England at DC United. I don't care about upside of Lee Wynn anymore. The floor is just way too low. <laughs> and so I don't think I'm ever going to have him ever again. Um, JD, can you make a case for him? Uh, you ask me this every week. And I'm I going say, to keep asking I, because... I say- I say the same thing. He's going to break out one of these days, and I would not say that you're never going to have him ever again because <laughs> I'm going to try and hold you to that, especially if I can find some head-to-heads against you once he breaks out. <laughs> I just said he's so good when he's on his game that you have to consider him, and if he keeps getting cheaper, uh, DraftKings is going to keep taking more and more of my money, and I'm probably not going to get it back um, until he does break out. So I... He's definitely in consideration for this slate. Um, DC played 120 minutes midweek, and they did play a lot of players that could uh, could get into the lineup this weekend. So, um, and the Revs lost this week, I believe, in in the I, U.S. Open. 
Yeah, I'm not aware of who they played or when they played. Um, I'm pretty sure they're if, out. Yeah, or if Lee Wynn played. So um, the midfield um, options on this slate as a whole are very interesting, and I, I also think that this is my favorite Sunday slate we've had this season. I was thinking the same thing. I really like the options that are available. There, it's almost better that there aren't the 10,000, you know, the multi, you know, four right. 10,000 ones, yeah. And there's four um, four teams that are interesting and sometimes unpredictable. It's not like you have these these powerhouses. Although Sporting Kansas KC's City, been yeah. pretty good, yeah. Yeah, but, but they're on the road, so it almost makes it better. And fantasy wise, it's tough to pinpoint uh, who exactly you want to grab in that game. So, yeah, very interesting. But I I still would implore you to consider Lee win. Yeah, denied. In, unless <laughs> unless Fagundes uh, starts, and then everyone's just going to migrate to his cheaper price. I mean, after last week with Fagundes being my late sub, I'm not sure I could look past. If he starts, Lee Wynn doesn't even exist to me. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I think Wynn was a little unfortunate last week because there were a couple of shouts for a penalty kick for the Revs, and pretty sure Wynn would have stepped up to take those, so... Definitely a little unfortunate for any win owners because last season, then yeah, that was a big part of his his goal haul was penalty kicks, but they all count. So, yep, and uh, he probably contributed to drawing most of those penalty kicks as well. That's true. Whatever you need to tell yourself. <laughs> you just hate people that score penalty kicks. I just ha- hate having to rely on them. No, I agree. I, I hate used to... guys flopping in the box and me getting excited about it because one of my fantasy guys will be able to take a penalty. But I understand why you have to target them. Added insurance, though. Yep, absolutely. When I was in high school, I had a thing where I disliked Landon Donovan because I I felt like he was overrated because so many of his goals for the national team were penalty kicks. But I've I've matured, and I appreciate Landon Donovan a lot. So, (laughs) Fair enough. Um, So what – Skylar, who who are your top picks from from this Saturday – or Sunday slate, excuse me? Um, like you said, Espindola is probably my number one pick. He's so dynamic, and he's seems like he's on his game. He's back from injury. So, yeah, D.C. at home against the Revs. Um, he's probably my top pick. I really like Plata from Salt Lake, who just came back from injury as well. Um, he didn't. He came up empty-handed this past week, but, he again, he was their leading scorer last season. And I think with uh, Saborio leaving, heading out for a Gold Cup soon, he's going to have to start stepping it up soon. So I think we're going to start to see him probably pick it up a little bit more on a two-game slate. He's definitely worth uh, looking at. He's only 5,400. So, I mean, you pair that with a spindle, you can pretty much work any lineup you want. Um, midfield-wise, yeah, Javier Morales for sure, is, is uh, probably at the top Mess. of my list. And uh, Jordan Allen, I don't know if he's going to be back from from the U-20 World Cup. He should but, be, I believe. Yeah, if he's in the starting lineup. I mean, he's 6,200, but he's he could be in the midfield for Salt Lake. So he's listed as a defender on DraftKings. And before he took off for... For the U-20 World Cup, we saw what he could do. I think he posted a goal and assist or had a pretty big couple of games right before departure. So I think he was a midfielder for one of them, and then they switched mm-hmm. him back. kind of remember us talking about that previously, but 
But yeah, 6200 for a defender seems expensive, but then you realize you're paying for a mid, so he almost falls into that one-off one where you are consider a defender in your flex spot. Yeah. Yeah, good. I was saying, just looking at his game log here, I just pulled it up. He's got 12, 19, and 12. Just, I guess that's the few games right before he left, so pretty solid. I mean, yeah, it's... Uh, you're paying up for him, but on two-game slate, it could be the differential if you pay up for him and, and find room for him. Yeah, I don't think he's going to start, so I would caution um, caution you guys maybe not to pigeonhole yourself into having to afford him. But, yeah, if he starts, he's a great option. And Marcel de Jong is actually another guy that could get a, a wide midfielder, wide wing type of role uh, that's defense eligible. He's pretty cheap too, I think. Four thousand, yeah. Yeah. Which isn't nothing, but <clears throat> that's still pretty low. I think I'm also off Chris Tierney, who isn't crossing nearly as much as he was earlier in the season. Is that just me, or is he not? Is he hasn't. He hasn't been as good, but yeah. um, this is like we've been talking about. This is a slate where you can kind of build your lineup to be able to afford any luxury you want, and he's certainly. Um, the premier player on defense. He hasn't been doing that well, kind of like Lee Wynn, but um, there's not that many other defensive options, so he's certainly on my radar, and I'd venture to say he's going to be in probably half my lineups at least. Wow. Yeah, it's tough with him because you know he's good for at least four or five crosses. He's usually good for a shot or a shot on goal or two just from a free kick. But right. Yeah, his fantasy production's been down. I could see where where Andrew's saying that, you know, he just he's one to stay away from because he's frustrating. He's been frustrating probably about as much as Lee Wynn. But uh, yeah, for me on a short slate again, he's such a got such a high upside for a defender. He takes corner kicks, free kicks, um, set pieces. You know, you name it. He's usually standing over it and. Yeah, I mean he's he's going to be a target of mine for sure. Yeah, the I'm not sure what to make. Is, is there anybody outside of uh, Morales that you like from Salt Lake if Allen doesn't start? I like Sabarillo a lot. Uh, Morales and him have a great chemistry, and they've almost connected a couple times since they've both been back in the lineup. So. I would say Sabarillo is one of my favorite favorite options for this weekend. He's been really close on a couple headers, a couple point-blank opportunities in the box. And I, he's the type of player that I think is always going to to have chances at goal. I, I probably said the opposite when he was struggling earlier in the season. <laughs> but <laughs> I, just, I envision him having a solid game against Sporting. Um, and on the other side, I really like Christian Namath. I mentioned earlier how he kind of torched Dallas's defense, and Hymason Alave is even slower, and um, you can definitely elude him a lot easier. So I I see Namath coming back um, from international duty and having a good game as well. He was playing really well before he left too. Yeah, and his price is still. Um, I guess they forgot to bump it up since he was on international duty. Yeah, sixty five hundred is pretty good for the production he was given. 
Yeah, and we're all sleeping on Dom Dwyer, I guess. I was just about to bring Dwyer up. <laughs> he's also he's also cheap, so you really have to pick your poison in this game. Um, I would. The more I think about it, the more I like RSL um, to to have a really good week. So we're, who's the defensive play here? Out of all four games. Yeah. Well, four teams. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah, four teams. Um, I. I probably just try to not pick a clean sheet. I try to pick upside defenders, and I'm noticing that um, Tim Melia, sporting Kansas City's goalie, is only 4,200, and they haven't lost in how many games? Seven or eight games? Yeah, about that, yeah. So that's crazy that he's the cheapest goalie, and even though I just said I like RSL to have a good game, uh, that, that might be my goalie in most of my... My lineups or Bill Hamid, I think, is a good option at home. Yeah, I agree. Scott, yeah. where are you going? Yeah, I like uh, like JD said earlier. I do like Dejong as a defender who gets up the field. He's probably going to be playing as a midfielder if he's starting. So, four thousand listed as a defender is definitely worth uh, considering. And yeah, like like JD said, it's really hard to predict a clean sheet on on a two game slate. Um, if you get it just right and you do have a couple of defenders that that pitch a clean sheet, then yeah, you're probably in the money. Um, so you could take that route and stack a goalie with with two defenders from from DC. It's kind of still up in the air who's going to start based off of their Open Cup game. So if you're going to go that route, just look at the starting lineups first. Um, you could go. Nick Ramondo and a pair of Salt Lake defenders. If you don't, if you really feel like they've got a good shot at home to keep Kansas City at bay. Um, but yeah, for me, I'm probably gonna still look at the Tierneys. And if Jordan Allen starts, I'm gonna go with with the guys that I, that have a little bit more attacking potential. Um, even Hamasen Alave, as um, slow as he is, he gets forward on set pieces. He's such a big presence in the box that I could. Totally see him nicking a goal on a corner kick or a set piece, or you know, games tied late in the game, and he gets forward on a free kick or something, and nods one home. So um, for me, yeah, I'd say Tierney, Dejong, and Jordan Allen probably my top three. And from there, it's just a matter of if you feel like a team's got a good shot at a clean sheet. So yeah, I like Taylor Kemp's price at forty one hundred for. Uh, you're buying into a DC defense that is very good. So Kemp, Kemp gets crosses more than most of the defenders on this slate. Yeah, it's a good show. That's a good price, too. <laughs> and one guy that we didn't mention with, was Graham Zuzi. Do you guys like him at all at 6,500? Yeah, I feel bad that I've uh, kind of overlooked him. <laughs> I think I think he's definitely uh, in play, perhaps more so than Failhaber, because... One of the reasons I like RSL a lot in this match is I think um, is going to have to play more defense to be able to stop Javier Morales, the speedy uh, Jao Plata, and Sabrio up top. Um, the The center part of Sporting's defense is, can kind of be weak at times. They don't have a really great defensive midfielder. Um, Beesler is good, but um, the other center back, Kevin Ellis, or maybe Eric Palmer-Brown coming back now, um, is very young. I think Failhaber's going to have to take on some added defensive responsibilities on the road. 
So I, I'm not sure that I would pay 8400 for him. He's always going to be a good play just because of how talented he is, but this isn't one of my favorite weeks to look at him. Well, guys, thanks for another week of uh, chatting about Fantasy MLS. I think the game's getting a lot bigger, which has always been nice. We, the uh, There were more contests every week. We do tend to go on about DraftKings pricing a lot, but we all play on Mondo Goal as well. So you can find us all there. So, guys, uh, thanks again, and best of luck this weekend. Yeah, good luck, guys. Good luck, everyone. knows not to judge a man by his car's multicolored paint job or absence of modern gadgetry. Who cares if it's technically old enough to vote and the windows are powered by the strength of your left arm? Your monthly payment is zero, and it'll stay that way. Because with over 500,000 parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep anything on the road. She may not be pretty, but she's all yours. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how.